start by praying. Um, God, thank you for the cool weather the last few days. Thank you for technology that we can be together, even though we're not together. Um, I pray that you speak through my words and that it's not me just sitting here talking at people, but that we can um, engage in the in the text together and um, find community in these topics. Amen. I want to start by reading a uh, reading Psalm 139 sort of over you. I don't know if over is the right word if you're not in the room with me, but I want to start that way. And I know that it's different being at home. The distractions are different because you have maybe babies or toddler and toddlers underfoot or older kids um, asking a lot of you or you're thinking about lunch or, um, you know, it's easy to have our phone out and be multitasking and paying some bills or looking at Facebook, you know, however, while we're, we're watching. And um, not that I know from experience, but it's also easy to, you know, clean, clean the room or do laundry. And so for this little part, while I read these words, I want you just to to listen and, and let these words sort of uh, wash over you. Maybe close your eyes or just take some deep breaths during and, and listen as I read. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem in me behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed and shield, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, um, and I am still with you. O oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me! They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Um, when thinking about Psalm 139, I think my... There's a couple verses that stand out, but I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It's something that really stands out and thinking about us being like created beings. And the Bible talks about this a ton, right? In Ephesians, we're um, called God's workmanship. And Jeremiah 
says that God knew us before he formed us in the womb. In Genesis, we were created in his own image and so on. We're children of God. We are um, his sons and daughters. Just He breathes life into us over and over. The Bible talks about um, us as created beings. And this verse in particular, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I think a lot of times we sort of assign it to children. And I think of it being like on a birth announcement or like an invitation to a baby shower or um, like in Sunday school as a little kid, you know, they sort of shorten Bible verses so that you can memorize them. And um, I think of this one, like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It's it's one that I even use um, with my own kids to sort of empower them to know that they are a unique created being. They're someone that God chose all the parts of them before they were even born. And it's so, um, it's beautiful, but also like, it doesn't say that this is just something for kids. <laughs> like, it's a grown man that wrote it. You know, David writes this psalm uh, to God, and it's not like he's like, and then this part is just for little kids. Only little kids are created to be unique in their own person. And so I think a lot of times I sort of forget to rest in, um, allow myself to live as a person who is uniquely created. Um, and not just uniquely, like, becoming unique, but like God created me to be who I am as a unique individual. I've, um, so we're going to kind of talk about that today. And I've been reading um, a book by Richard Rohr called Everything Belongs, and I really recommend it. Um, but we're going to kind of walk through a few things he says in there um, and then and tie them in with the song that we just read. So the first um, thing that he, he quotes St. Francis, and so it's, it's said that on his deathbed, St. Francis said this. He said, I have done what was mine to do, and now you must do what is yours to do. And I think, um, I love that, because he says, um, so uh, the commentary that Richard Rohr gives on that is that a lot of times we look, and he says, to Mother Teresa or St. Francis to say, like, oh, I should be like them. My life should uh, my faith should express itself in the way that theirs does. Or I think, you know, depending on how you grew up, you know, your faith tradition, maybe you looked like Billy Graham or whoever, you know, the youth pastor at your church. Um, you know, we had these, or, or missionaries or different people we looked at growing up thinking like, okay, if I'm going to be uh, a Christian who's like really loves God and serving him, it has to look like these great, huge giants of the faith. And I think even now, um, we might look to like our favorite blogger or a person that we know, and it's it's really easy to compare ourselves. And I don't mean like we see, um, you know, like a really curated image on Instagram and think like, oh, my life should look like that. But maybe we see the mom who like does all the crafts all the time or whose kids are like so well behaved and we think like, what am I doing wrong that I should look that way? Like that's what a real mom, Christian, etc. looks like. We, we kind of compare ourselves. And while I think it's wonderful to have examples and have inspiration, um, we're really not doing ourselves or God any, any service by trying to be someone that we aren't. We all have different things, um, but we're not Mother Teresa. We're not our favorite author. Like those are not, that's not who God created us to be. And so I'm going to read um, something that feels kind of dense but a, a little bit more from the book, and then we're going to go from there. So, Rohr says this, There is a unique truth that our lives alone can reflect. All I can give back to God is what God has given to me. Nothing more and no less. 
Our first job is to see correctly who we are and then act on it. The most courageous thing we will ever do is to bear humbly the mystery of our own reality. That is everybody's greatest cross. And so, you know, I, I read that section over and over and over again, and there are so many different things I would love to talk about about it, but there's a few things I kind of want to pull out and um, talk about together. So the first is, he says, our first job is to see correctly who we are. And so in the psalm we read, we read about how um, God knows us inside and out, and he knows our thoughts and our ways and everything about us. And so I think something that um, is important is um, giving time to get to know ourselves. And I think something for some people that's unique about this time is that we can't, um, we can't maybe find the same distractions. Um, we can't get away from ourselves in the same way. And while, of course, there's still social media and television and to, you know, sending videos to friends and Zoom calls and all of those things can be a distraction, but for a lot of people, there's just more time to think and to really look at who we are and who our um, and our, uh, who we are, what our life is, and all those things. Um, and so, I think for this, it's I just want us to consider what it means to uh, make time for con uh, contemplation, and, and I think it's in the same way. I know in our house, we really encourage our kids to be themselves, to make space to explore who they are. It's, you know, it's for us, part of why we homeschool is that we feel like it gives them so much time to just, I don't know, figure out what they like, who they are, who they were made to be. And um, I think that we, as we get older, maybe once you're sort of out of the like finding yourself time of teens and early 20s, that we forget that this is ongoing work, that we're not... It's not something that stops, um, both because we change and because there's there's so much to know about ourselves. And I think, um, yeah, so so when Roar says that our job is to see correctly who we are, it's a really important piece of knowing, um, knowing ourselves is how we also can be faithful and how we can also serve God and serve others within that. And so I encourage you to um, be prayerful about that because I think if we read that God knows us inside and out, then through prayer, we're able to learn better who we are. And um, as it's been said, in prayer, we see all things in a new light. So I encourage you to take that step. Um, the second thing is that he says, we should bear humbly our own reality. And I think on this, um, the first thing that came to mind is that God uses ordinary people all the time, all the time. And, and I don't mean... You know, I think when I was young in church, they would say, like, God uses ordinary people to change the world or to be, you know, do these great, huge acts of whatever and, and lead the mega church. Like, he was just a boy from East Texas or what? That was not supposed to be an awesome thing. That was supposed to be grow up in Dallas and then the people come lead the mega churches. Anyhow, that ordinary people, um, how I see it is that God uses ordinary people in ordinary ways. And um, I think we talked about this some last year because I really like this topic because I think sometimes we can get, it can be, it can be hard to move forward to be faithful in the small things because maybe we're looking for this big, huge thing as a way to be faithful to God. And so I think, um, so I'm wondering, and you can put this in the comments, but the delay makes this kind of tricky, or just talk to the person next to you or, or just 
prayerfully think about this today and, and share it. But share this with someone. Share what you think with someone. But my question is just like what are the ways that we um, that you are faithful in your daily life? What small thing do you do every day that you feel like is um, is being faithful to your calling? And so I think for me, I have you know things I think of is just like every time I choose to be patient with my children or um, forgiving to someone who, who hurts my feelings or, you know, taking food to the food bank or donating a, the small amount of money to, um, to people in need, walking with an elderly neighbor, feeding my family, sending letters in the mail. All those small things are ways that I feel like I'm able to be faithful um, every day in small ways. And so I think my desire for my life a lot of times is to for, not forget, but to move away from feeling like the only way to be faithful is to do these like huge world-changing acts, but to remind myself that these small daily things um, are, are the work of our faith right now. And um, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm, I'm sure I shared this last year, but I think it's worth sharing again. It's from T.H. Lawrence, and it says, it's in the dailiness of Christian faith the making the bed, doing the dishes, the praying for our enemies, the reading the Bible, the quiet, the small, that God's transformation takes root and grows. And so I'm going to see if anyone commented that I'm missing. If I can. Okay, I'm not seeing comments. But y'all go ahead and if you want to share it, that would be lovely. And, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so the third thing that I want to talk about is when Roar says, all I can give back is what God has given to me, no more and no less. Um, like the psalm says, for you, were for, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. And so God, we know that God gives us breath and life, that God is, um, he's created us. And I think for this part, both because I'm a mom and that defines so much of me, but also because um it's Mother's Day, is I, 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 see, I see this as sort of, I guess my examples are about motherhood. And so I think if you don't hear anything else I say today, that this, this part um, feels really important. And I want to say this to you, that there is no one right way. There's no one way to be a mother. There's no correct way. Like the Bible doesn't even really talk about parenting almost at all. And it for sure doesn't talk about parenting in 2020 during a pandemic when you're trying to work from home and keep kids happy and all that's in your brain is like, how much time have they been on screens or did they have a snack or is there going to be a meltdown if they don't get this thing? And it doesn't address those things. But the Bible does talk about love and talks about it a lot. And we're called um, to love our children just as we have been loved. And... Um, I think after that, it's sort of our own interpretation of what it looks like to love each other and our children, our partners, um, our church, our community, that we can always go back to what the Bible says about love. And we can always go back to, to knowing this, um, what I, I find to be true, that says, all I can give back to God is what he has given to me, no more and no less. Um, and so I was thinking today, and I do this, I've taught a lot on Mother's Day, and um, I sometimes will look back at my notes from other years, um, and I think a lot of things overlap. But there was one in particular, there was a year, a couple, 
I think maybe two years ago that I taught and I was exhausted. It was a really hard season, I think that season of my life. And I was really tearful um, from stage. I think I probably always kind of cried, but I was really tearful during the service. And like afterwards, like, a lot of people's parents I think we're in town for baby dedication. Some like several moms with adult children after they're like, it gets better. <laughs> it's not always as hard, you know. And but we just um, we're going through hard things. And at the time, I didn't even know that I was soon to be pregnant. I was going to miscarry a baby. That we would soon then after that add a third child to our family, which has proven to be exhausting in its own ways. Um, but that season there's just there's so much but that season taught me so much and I'm continuing to learn so much about what I can can give and I think for so long I was trying to find this answer of like what I'm doing wrong that it's so hard like why am I so exhausted why do I not have time for the friends or the people or to to love and serve my kids in the way I want to but I think um last summer or fall Austin preached, and I don't even know what he was teaching on, but the thing that he mentioned that really stuck with me is like, what if we pray, God, increase my capacity to love? And so that day, and most of the days after, I've been praying that prayer. And sometimes that's the only prayer, I think, that comes out in a day. You know, just like over and over, God, increase my capacity to love. And um, it's not perfect. I'm not every day able to be the patient loving mom um i think sometimes i'm like giving back not what maybe god had in mind not giving what god has given me but i've seen slowly over the the time that i've been praying that that instead of me wanting to just like instead of me focusing on like needing a break and getting away and all those things that god has softened my heart and he has begun to increase my capacity to love. And I kind of wanted to like a tidy way to wrap all these up or tie them all together again and it didn't come. But I just, I want to pray that over you. And then um, I want to just, I want to pray the whole, that whole piece over you. That, that we remember that all we can give back is what we've been given. And then also that God would increase all of our capacities to love. And especially during this time, because it can be really tiring um, to be with our kids all day, every day, and to be with our partners all day, every day, working side by side, maybe at the kitchen table, or to be um, not getting to see friends, not do the fun stuff that um, maybe typically brings us joy, but to find um, find the little snippets of joy here and there. And so I'm going to pray, and then because it wouldn't really be a sermon for me, I'm going to read something from Sarah Bessie that I think is really meaningful. And then when I finish reading that, we'll, um, we'll end here. And then remember to pick back up. Austin will lead us in a time of prayer and communion after that. So, um, God, I pray over the moms of our church, over the parents, over the, the people of our church, God, that you would increase our capacity to love. And not just... Um, not just today on Mother's Day, because it's easy to maybe find sort of to be more generous or more loving when, I don't know, your coffee's brought to you in bed. But God, that every day that that prayer, that you would just, that you would give us that prayer and that through that we would um, learn to love each other. And I, I pray that you um, remind us today and not just today. 
that we are created, that you created us to be a unique person with unique gifts and, um, and show us how those gifts are able, um, or that we're able to be faithful um, through the things that you, or the ways you created us to be. Amen. Let me read this over you. Let me be brave in an ordinary way first. Let me mother out of my best hopes instead of my worst fears. Let me love ferociously into the Monday in corners of our life. Let me find God in my laundry pile. Let me admit my questions and doubts without fear of repercussions. Let me sing the song of the everyday redeemed. Let, re let me remember how to cry, how to laugh, how to dance, how to kiss, how to be silent. Let me question and let me learn. Give me the courage to be teachable. Let me sit here with my coffee, paying attention to the days. Let me move from wanting to change the world to wanting Jesus in his intimate, upside-down kingdom ways. Let me remember how the most fearless thing we can do is keep showing up with love and grace and joy in our real, right-now lives. I love you all. Happy Mother's Day.